Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. God encourages us to obey Him. He reveals to us His goodness and His blessings for those who walk humbly, submissively, and obediently before Him. And as we learn thus far tonight that the Apostle Paul, he taught that things such as appointed days, these festivals that belong to God, he gave them to us in order that we would understand what he's going to do in the future so that we can participate with him and be ready for the coming kingdom and grow in our understanding our knowledge and our service towards the messiah well take out your bible and look with me to the book of leviticus and chapter 23. now in this 23rd chapter we have a list of the appointed days i can say that differently we can also use the word festivals And here's what is untrue, that we speak of these festivals as Israel's festivals. They just don't belong to Israel. In fact, we're going to see, and the Bible is most specific about this, that these festivals belong to God. They are His appointed days. And He commands His people to proclaim them. And we'll talk more about who should be considered his people in light of these things that we're going to study in leviticus chapter 23. so with that said look with me to that passage the book of leviticus chapter 23 and verse 1. we read in that first verse and the lord spoke to moses saying now i've shared with you that 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 verse which appears throughout the torah in so many places it is a verse of revelation meaning this god uses that verse to tell us revelation from him to his people is coming and moses the servant of god is the ambassador of god's revelation he is going to hear it and share it with the people move on to verse 2 he says speak to the children of israel now many will argue and say here we have it we're only dealing with jewish people israel but here's the problem with that interpretation we see that this is being taught by moses where in the wilderness to the people who came out of egypt and we need to remember that those who came out of egypt were not just jewish they weren't just from the hebrews but We learn in Exodus chapter 12, because of that Passover experience, that there was a large multitude 
of others a mixed multitude Erev rav in the hebrew language rav means great abundant many so there was a mixed multitude that also had in common with the hebrews a passover experience now let's stop for a moment and learn something everyone that came out of egypt they were not just jewish people but there was that mixed multitude meaning there was a large number of gentiles and what did they have in common with with israel they kept the passover and therefore they were brought out of the land with the purpose to enter into israel israel is a kingdom word but unfortunately most were not faithful and they died out in the wilderness of that generation that came out of egypt but we learned something we learned that messiah was crucified on passover we'll talk more about that holiday in a moment but he was crucified on passover and everyone hear this carefully everyone who is going to enter into the kingdom of god will have had a passover experience meaning they will have accepted the lamb of god as their passover lamb who was crucified on that 14th day of nisan the passover so everyone who is going to be in the kingdom everyone who's redeemed redeemed by the blood of that passover lamb as paul teaches to the corinthians now let's look again at this verse verse 2 of chapter 23 where it says speak to the children of israel we learn israel is more inclusive than just the jewish people and you shall say unto them moadei hashem now that word moed comes from a hebrew word which means to appoint or ordain something so these are the ordained days of god the appointed times of the lord and notice moadei hashem they are the lord's appointed days not israel's not the church's but god's now why is that important well that word for moed it is the same root where we get in modern hebrew that word for predestination now predestination is an appointment but here's the problem and i taught this in a video not too long ago predestination from the bible has nothing to do with whether one's in heaven or one's not that god has chosen some that is the elect to be in the kingdom and those who are not the elect he's chosen them to be eternally tormented in hell we don't see that in the bible what we see is this when the word of god speaks about predestination and uses that word pro orao in greek or pro orizo in greek two words that's translated as predestination we find that biblically predestination is only for those who are in a new covenant relationship with god through faith in yeshua that is jesus christ so if you're not in that new covenant relationship predestination isn't relevant for you 
now that word pro orizo has to do with cutting something out it has to do with a pattern it has to do with what god has ordained and that word pro orao simply means what he has seen before and here's what biblical predestination is everyone hear that carefully everyone who is in that new covenant relationship with god through messiah through faith in the gospel having become recipients of his grace every believer is preordained appointed predestined to be like messiah what does that mean we are going to get a new body and in that new body we will become perfect that is what has been predestined for those who are in him in messiah we are going to be perfect so that is what predestination is speaking about now this word moed talks about something that god has set apart something that he has preordained that he has appointed and their times now this is what's interesting that word moed for an appointed time an ordained period of time that word moed it's a noun we can take that same root and make it into another noun which is the word ya'ad ya'ad is a destination and here's what we're taught it is through the right understanding of the moedim that we are going to arrive at his destination where he wants us to be only hear this only through understanding the truth of these appointed days now we need to realize that these appointed days point to god's work in the past and god's work in the future especially some of which in the last days in order that we can understand rightly the purposes of god the identity of of the son of god so that we can submit to him and be brought into a kingdom experience so that's that destination that we should want a kingdom destination so look here at our scripture we're ready now for for verse 2 the second part he says that these are moadei hashem the lord's appointed time and what are we supposed to do which you are to proclaim them as holy assemblies then he says these are my appointed days did you hear that he switched from moadei hashem to moadai my appointed days my appointed times they belong to him now in that that second verse it says asher tikreu otam mikrae kodesh which means you shall proclaim them and let's get something straight it is still relevant viable for god's people to proclaim these dates these festivals these appointed times at the proper day this is a commandment that we should follow now realize something because there's no temple we can be more specific because there is no altar the various things that the bible requires and let's be specific the torah itself and you can read this 
Now, I'll allude to this a couple times, but in the book of Numbers, chapter 28 and chapter 29, there are instructions for the festivals, including Shabbat, what needs to be offered up. And therefore, today, there is no way that these festivals can be kept according to the law of Moses. But does that mean we should just ignore them? I think not. Does it mean that we should not pay any attention to them? No, we should proclaim them. Acknowledge the timing. Acknowledge what these days represent. That is, what happened upon them in the past, what they commemorate, and what they point to in the future, and how they relate to both the person and the work of Messiah. So let me just simply say, so everyone's clear, these dates still have great significance and there is no reason to ignore them or to say this well many of the things that they teach i i i can learn these things from messiah i don't need these festivals this is a false statement god does not provide something that we don't need god is a perfect provider And even though many of these truths we can derive from Messiah, but only with the knowledge, only with the knowledge of these days. Meaning, left to oneself, we encounter Messiah, we won't understand Him, His character, that is His identity, and His purposes, what He has done and will do, if we do not know these festivals. So He says, they are my festivals god is speaking verse 3 the first festival or the appointed time that god's going to deal with first is found in verse 3 and it's shabbat the sabbath day let's just read this verse 3 six days you shall do and notice melecha this is there's two words for work in the bible melecha this work and also avodah Avodah can have a secular or a spiritual significance. Melecha only has a physical and earthly connection. So we're not supposed to do those things that are tied to the world on Shabbat. Shabbat is a day that we are to think about God, His kingdom, and God's call upon our life. It's a day that we push out the world to concentrate on on the Word of God and the God of the Word. So he says, six days you shall do labor. But, that means in contrast to these six days. But on the seventh day is a Shabbat Shabbaton, meaning a, a absolute day of rest, of seeking, of stopping. And he says, Mikrap. Kodesh, they are a a sacred or holy assembly, and therefore all work you shall not do. And then he says something even more. Shabbat he le'adonai, which means it is a Shabbat for the Lord. It's his Shabbat. And it says, you know, there are some of the commandments from the Torah that only can be kept if you're in the land. Shabbat's not one of them. Shabbat has relevance for the people of God wherever they are. Notice what it says in, in verse, verse 3. Be'cho moshvotechem. 
in all your dwelling places. So we see that even though there's no altar in Jerusalem to offer up the sacrifices required on Shabbat, meaning Shabbat can't be kept today, but we can acknowledge it. We can understand its message, and it does have a message. Why do we know that? Well, it wasn't by chance that many of the miracles, many of the exorcisms and healings that Messiah performed, he performed them on Shabbat. Why? Shabbat is a day of restoration. Let me say that differently. Shabbat is related to the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom, there will be the absolute maintaining of the order of God. So Shabbat speaks about the order of God, a desire to be restored to his order. So there's significance. So Shabbat, we cannot keep it according to the law of Moses, but we can proclaim it and we can study it and we can apply its truth to our life. And that is a good thing to do. And even though Shabbat is not in force in the strictest sense according to the law of Moses, you can bring change, Shabbat change into your life. And you should do that. Now, one of the reasons for that is I'm committed to the scripture. And in the book of Luke, chapter 14, there's many other places, but let me just give you that. Luke chapter 14. I would encourage you to read that. It happens on Shabbat, and Messiah gives us Shabbat truth, and what Shabbat will do for us, it will cause us to have a kingly, a a kingdom mindset. So ask yourself, do you want such a mindset? Shabbat has relevance. It has significance. We cannot keep it according to the letter of the law, but through the Holy Spirit, we can experience the Shabbat in a new, in a redeemed way. We can experience that restoration, that work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Look now to another of the appointed times, and we're going to deal with Passover. Now, let me say to you, as we study Leviticus 23, we're going to go through it in a few weeks, we're going to see that there are what's known as moed, these appointed days. We can also, and we'll come across this word in a few minutes, the word chag or festival. Now, chag comes from a Hebrew word which relates to a circle, or we could say a cycle. And we know we we begin with with Passover, and then we have other days that we observe. Some are festivals, some are not, and they take us in a cycle, and we repeat that. So it's like a circle has no end. We keep acknowledging these festivals until the kingdom of God is established. And even in the millennial kingdom, they are going to be, be observed. In the New Jerusalem, they will not be. In the millennial, they will be. So they have a future significance. God is going to use them. He's used them in the past. He'll use them in the future. So we see that these festivals, they have relevance, significance for one, and we should acknowledge them. We should do what we're commanded to do and proclaim them in their season as holy assemblies. He says here, look at our verse, verse 4. 
these are the appointed days of the lord holy assemblies which you shall proclaim them in their appointed times so again god says it once more we are to proclaim them i don't see any reason because of a new testament relationship with god that we should not proclaim these days that we should mark them out as significance let me give you an example we've been in many different countries when they celebrate their their independence or when their country came into being in an official way and when they celebrate that we find that around that celebration they talk and remember about sacrifices that were made by individuals those who gave of themselves their resources their blood in order for that country to come into being and also it talks about the character of that country the rules of that country's the laws and all of the people are reminded about why their country exists how it came about and for what purposes i think that's a good thing and likewise we can talk about the purposes of god and see the faithfulness of god the activity of god through these festivals they all speak about something that happened in the past and they also speak about a future fulfillment realize that and therefore they have significance and we should proclaim them in their times he says in verse 4 these are the festivals of the lord holy assemblies that word assembly comes from the word to proclaim which you shall proclaim them in their time verse 5 in the first month now let me simply say that many people get confused about about the term rosh hashanah they say it's the new year so the new year begins in the fall so there's a change because here it says the new year begins in the spring nowhere is that taught in the bible that there was a change let me give an example all of us have a birthday when we get a new year and the fact that you get a new year at a certain date let's just say it's june 1st is your birthday does that change what year it's in does it change when the secular year begins most places they acknowledge january 1st that day as the new year i just returned from ethiopia there the beginning of their year is in september so we see a very different uh uh calendar and many places have different calendar but here's what i want you to say your new year meaning your birthday doesn't impact that year and what we find in the biblical culture is that there were several new years for example a near new year for animals a tithing year that begins in the sixth month we see as well there is a new year for for trees because the fruit of that tree was forbidden for three years so what do we learn it's in the the 11th month that we we have a new year for trees all the trees get another year regardless of when they were planted and such they all get a new year it doesn't change the year number 
we see that there's a new year for for holidays that's in the springtime as we're going to see and kings they were giving a new year at the fall what does that mean well it simply means and we see this in the bible it says in the fourth year of king such and such in the ninth year of king such and such well we know that he's given a new year an additional one at a new year for kings and that new year for the kings doesn't impact the beginning of the year from a biblical sense so read again verse verse 5 where it says let's be very very uh specific in the first month on the 14th day of the month ben ha arbayim most would say this has to do with after after uh the noontime now realize we're talking about passover you'll see that in a moment the 14th day of the first month and on passover by the way is there another biblical term for passover yes there is and that is the preparation day in fact if you look at all four gospels when they speak about the day that messiah was crucified it was passover but they call it all four gospels call it the preparation day why well if i ask you a question how would you answer this on what day do you eat the passover lamb you don't eat the passover lamb on passover you prepare the passover lamb on passover but you eat it on the first day of unleavened bread now passover is the 14th day when that day comes to an end at sundown a new day begins and in that evening we have the dinner which is when on the beginning of the 15th day in the evening we partake of the passover lamb during those times that the temple stood so we don't eat the passover on passover and i realize some will use that term passover for all the feast of unleavened bread everything related to it that's fine the bible does that but in a more accurate and technical sense passover is just one day as we're learning right now look again at verse 5 where it says on the first month on the 14th day of the month in the twilight ben ha arbayim is the passover and again it says of the lord to the lord so it belongs to him and what i want you to realize is this because according to the scholars on a typical passover there was approximately 250,000 sheeps or goats sacrifice at one place upon the altar in Jerusalem. Now think of that. How many an hour? Well, they said divide that by six. So if you divide 250,000 by six, you'll find out how many were sacrificed in an hour, every hour, for six hours. If you divide that number by 60, you find out how many were sacrificed every minute might surprise you and what do we know they all had to be sacrificed upon the same altar and we read for example in the Talmud that the Passover observance when that lamb was was in the process to be sacrificed it was like an arrow shot from a bow that it went straight through 
all the procedures to be sacrificed and given back to the person in order that it could be prepared finally being roasted in order to be eaten that night so we see that it was done what was done on this 14th day of nisan that is the first month also known as aviv it was the passover unto the lord and if we don't understand passover how do we understand the fact that paul says that yeshua is our passover he's our lamb of god what does his death on passover mean well passover is a day of redemption through the blood of the lamb very significant we need to know these things look now to verse six now passover is not a festival it's not a high shabbat but we find that the feast of unleavened bread we're going to learn tonight that the first day of the feast of unleavened bread and the last day both of those are treated as high shabbats meaning no work can be done let's just read verse six and then we'll discuss it more verse six and on the 15th day of this month and here we have the word chag a festival of unleavened bread and again ladonai to the lord it belongs to him so the feast of unleavened bread begins on the 15th day of that same month that first month and we're told something it says seven days so the feast of unleavened bread is a seven day period shabbat one day passover one day shabbat is a festival no work can be done but passover according to the bible doesn't say work can't be done on that 14th day but the concentration should be on offering up preparing and offering up the passover and then preparing it to be consumed on the next day on the 15th day and it says here look again at our text second part of verse 6 shivat yamim matzot tochelu which means seven days unleavened bread you shall eat now i would say this is it wise to still during this time proclaim the feast of unleavened bread we can't eat the passover lamb well we have received our passover lamb messiah but we still can acknowledge passover that one day what he did upon the cross what's the significance of him being crucified specifically on passover and then the feast of unleavened bread we should understand what unleavened is unleavened is purity humility and represents the character of god leaven represents pride and sin and wickedness and malice we're called to be an unleavened people and only through that passover sacrifice can we become that unleavened people that we can be like messiah humble and committed to the purposes of god so i think it's good that during these seven days of the feast of unleavened bread that we don't eat bread we don't eat leavened things we eat unleavened things and this is what the word of god commands us and i think it's good to eat matzot unleavened bread during those seven days verse seven on the first day 
Again, it's called Mikra Kodesh. Mikra comes from the word to proclaim and a holy proclamation. And here, it's, it's more understood as a holy assembly. And notice what it says. This shall be for you. God doesn't instruct us for, for his benefit. God's perfect always. He instructs us to acknowledge this, apply these things to our life for you. And then he says, All laborious work do not do. Now, here we have the word avodah. First it says, which means laborious, laborious work, service, don't do on that day. Not for secular purposes. This day is set apart for the things of God. So, do no work. Verse 8. And you shall offer a fire offering of the Lord or to the Lord. And you are to do that for seven days. Now, here again. It's in the book of Numbers, chapter 28 that we learn more about what is to be offered. And this is one of the reasons why we cannot keep any of the festivals today, including Shabbat, in a biblical manner because there's no way to offer up these sacrifices. There's no serving priesthood. There's no altar in Jerusalem. And there's no one who can, according to the Torah, sacrifice these animals. For all of these reasons, we can't observe it, keep it in the biblical way. But we, being led by the Spirit, can take the significance, the truth of these festivals, and apply it to our life. And I assure you, there will be a good outcome from that. Look at verse 8. And you shall offer up a fire offering unto the Lord seven days. And on the seventh day, again, not just on the first day, the 15th day, but also on the seventh day, it says, Mikra Kodesh. It is a a holy assembly. And we are called to proclaim that with the people responding to that. And I think it's good on these days to push out the world in order to focus on the truth of these holidays and what this truth points to, and who is that? Our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Messiah. As he says, what casts the shadow, the substance of that shadow, is Messiah. So he says, verse 8, You shall offer up a fire offering unto the Lord seven days. And also it says, on the seventh day, there is that holy convocation, that assembly. And he says again, all laborious work do not do now this tells us that the first day and the seventh day of the feast of unleavened bread were a high shabbat what is a high shabbat it is when shabbat law is placed upon a day different than the seventh day of the week so many times these festivals they can fall on any day of the week So if the first day of unleavened bread is a Thursday, like it was during Messiah's ministry, no work can be done. And if the the last day of the festival, 
falls upon a, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Monday, whatever day. No work can be done. And again, are we to judge one another if someone does work on this day? No. But I believe there's a benefit from acknowledging these days and applying the truth of them to our life. We can set these days apart. We can ask for vacation days, days off from work, in order that we put these days into practice in our life. Is that a good thing? I believe it's a very good thing to do. So as we wrap up, remember, some of these appointed days, they that are talked about here, they are high Shabbats. No work can be done. But there's going to be other things, and we'll learn this next week when we begin our study in chapter 23 and verse 9. We're going to learn that there's other commandments that fall, for example, in the midst of these festivals or before them or after them, that that there are not Shabbats, but there are special commandments that we do in order to remember these festivals they relate to such festivals very important that we understand them one of the most important ones is what's called rashit in hebrew which is the first it marks the first day of counting of the omer we'll talk more about this next week and explain what the omer is and such but it was on that day that messiah resurrected from the dead and i would suggest to you that most people don't know what paul was talking about when it says in first corinthians 15 that great chapter about resurrection that he is the first many times in english will say the first fruit that is risen from the dead what does that mean if you don't understand these festivals you can't understand what the new testament is speaking about so are they important yes they are should we proclaim them yes we should should we take the truth of them studying that truth and apply them to our life yes we should and are we free to mark these days on their proper calendar days yes we are let's not use the festivals to judge one another let's use them to grow mature and understand as paul says what is coming And the fact that what is coming is connected to that which casts the shadow, the substance of that shadow, and that is our Lord and Savior, Messiah. In actuality, these are His appointed days, festivals of our Lord and Savior. They are important to Him as He did many significant things specifically on these festivals. And they teach us much about what will happen in the future. Well, I'll close with that. May God bless you. And until next time, Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, 
as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.